0: I will invite you to open your Bibles with me please in in the book of Romans book of Romans chapter eight today's one of those days that um I have to work with the Holy Spirit from up here because I don't really know where he's taking us um, but um I believe with all my heart he's uh he's he's gonna speak to us today amen let us allow also the the word of God to speak to us you know um it's wonderful when when we come together before the Lord, and um, and we let the Word of God speak for itself. And um, I felt very strongly this week about that the theme of that song that we put at the beginning, um, wait, wait in the Lord, to wait in the Lord. I think it's a very important topic. We don't like to wait. I, do you like waiting? I don't like waiting. I'm very impatient. And I used to pray to the Lord, Lord, give me patience right now, and um, that doesn't work. Um, But um, yeah, let's open up in prayer, and let's allow the Lord to speak to us today, amen? Lord, we thank you so much for for your goodness. As we were singing earlier, uh, we have seen your goodness, and we trust in your promises. Lord, we trust in you. We, We wait on you. We believe in you. And Lord, this morning, we just want to ask you, Holy Spirit, for your presence to minister to us and for your Holy Spirit to, to bring that spirit of revelation through your word. Lord, there's no higher authority. Um, there's no higher authority than your word. Everything you do, everything you say. Lord, we thank you that the word of God and the Holy Spirit, they don't separate. They go, they go by the hand. We thank you that you are the incarnated word. So Lord, we want to come before you acknowledging that your word is alive, and your word speaks life into us and brings light and direction and information so we know how to walk in this life. And Lord, this morning, we just want to ask you for you to do your thing among us, to take over and take control of everything that you have have planned for your church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 is a very special portion of Scripture. We we will read quite a little bit today. I have asked us to, to help us with the New Living Translation. That's the Bible version I'm using here today. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Amen? Let's allow the Word to speak to us. He says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We, too, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all the hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God, causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and, care, sorry, and are called, according to His purposes, for them. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, Hallelujah! so that His Son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, He called them to come to Him, And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you again, Lord. And we are going to wait on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, many many scholars, many theologians have said that if we will take the book of Romans and the book of Romans will, it will be like a mountain, the pinnacle of that mountain will be Romans chapter 8. Some people have gone so far as saying even the whole New Testament rests on this promise in, in Romans chapter 8. Now, Romans chapter 7 we see the Apostle Paul uh, sharing with us his struggles, and he says something like, Woe of me, who will deliver me from this body of death? For the things I don't want to do, I end up doing, and the things I wish I could do, I don't do them, right? Who will deliver me from this body, body of death? And he's obviously appealing, or he's bringing the example of uh, a Roman torture, which was they will put a, a corpse, a dead body, attached to the to the prisoner's body and the putrefaction and the corruption, the death of the dead body will cling into the healthy person and kill them. And this is actually what the Apostle Paul is is trying to um, picture. He's trying to show us the severity of our condition. And he's trying to say, we are living this world like if we have something dead attached to us and we cannot get rid of it. And constantly we're fighting decay, and constantly we're fighting illness, and the smell of it, and, 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 and the look of it. He's trying to draw this realistic picture. If, if we could see, if, if, if we could imagine, uh, and we could see with our own eyes the spiritual world, that's how we would look. We have this death attached to us. You know, sometimes we, feel, you know, we feel that we are doing okay, and, and we are, you know, we, we, you know, we're believers. You know, we are, you know, we walk in the spirit, and all of that. But the Apostle Paul is trying to say we have this constant battle, we have this constant enemy, which is ourselves. It's our old nature, it's our old, uh, my old manual. You know, the manual of the flesh and you not know, the spiritual one, and until the lord fulfills everything every single promise as the as the um the new living translation was it says until we achieve all the full rights you know what theologians call the already but not yet until all that is fulfilled we are dealing with this and this is an amazing thing because it helps us to to realize that we really need the lord we really need his presence now when we read Chapter seven, it's about it's about our impossibility, is our struggles. But then when we read chapter seven, sorry, r- chapter eight, after we read chapter seven, we see four basic points. And I will not talk about this today. I just want to give you a little bit of a background. But the first thing that the Apostle Paul shares is that is freedom from judgment. There is no condemnation. He starts with the first four verses saying, there is no condemnation. And he says, the law cannot claim you. The law cannot condemn you. The law cannot control you. Hallelujah. He's saying the the law is an old system. We have a new system now. And that law or that teaching or that Torah cannot rule over you. And then he moves on for the next few verses from verse 5 to verse 17. He talks about freedom from defeat. There is no obligation. You have have not the spirit. Um, You know, know, he says, you know, don't you have the Holy Spirit with you? Um, You have the spirit of God and the spirit has you. And then we move to basically the the two points where, um, or the point where we have been concentrated today, which is freedom from discouragement. There's no frustration. The creation is groaning. We believers are groaning. And the Holy Spirit groans also. And then he moves to the next section, which we will not talk today. And he talks about freedom from fear. There is no separation. God is for us. Christ died for us. God has justified us. Christ intercedes for us. Christ loves us. That's the outline of that section. And it's incredible to see um, how the Lord is constantly encouraging us to understand that whatever we go through, we can go back to. Romans chapter 8 and realize that we have freedom from judgment, we have freedom from defeat, freedom from discouragement, and freedom from fear. Every time we go through a difficult time, I really encourage you to read Romans chapter 8, the whole chapter. And that will be like an injection, a boost of faith coming through your, through your veins. It's, it's an amazing, an amazing, um, um, powerful, energizing um, uh, chapter for us. But, but in this section, in this particular section, in, from verse 18 to verse 30, Paul in this section is dealing with the very real problem of suffering and pain. Um, and perhaps the best way to understand this section is to note that there are three groans that are in here in, are discussed in this section. And the first thing he's talking about is the creation is groaning in verse 22. The Bible says that when God finished his creation, it was good. Genesis 1.31. And he, God looked, and it was good. But today, it is a groaning creation. There is suffering and death. There is pain, all of which is, of course, the result of man's sin, Adam's, Adam's sin. Uh, it is not the fault of creation, but um, but, but the Apostle Paul here is is, is describing certain aspects about, about 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 creation. He's talking about suffering in verse eighteen. He's talking about vanity in verse twenty. He's talking about bondage in in chapter in verse twenty one and decay in verse twenty one. Also, and pain in verse twenty two. So he's talking about a real uh, struggle, a real nasty thing, you know. Uh, but he is oh, also encouraging us that today's groaning or, or the groaning bondage will be exchanged for tomorrow's glorious liberty and this is what 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 he's eager to to to, to encourage us you see as as, as as a shepherd as a pastor, sometimes I see people and, and me included that we go sometimes through situations. We, we take our focus from the Lord. We start looking to our situations. We start comparing ourselves with others. And then we are struggling because we lose focus of this amazing eternal promise. We, we forget that God has entrusted us with waiting and with hope. Everything in our Christian life is about waiting. It's about hope. Because we are waiting and we are hoping for something that has not already yet been manifested in fullness or completeness. We struggle with our bodies. We struggle with with temptations. You know, we struggle when we see the world around us. But the Bible says that number one, creation is groaning, is suffering. When you look at creation today, even, even in this beautiful country of Scotland, and we go through the Different glens and the different, and we drive around and, and we see the beauty, the beauty, the majesty of this nation. The the, the, the the you know the wildlife, the nature in itself is just a beautiful, it's a beautiful part of the world. But remember, it's groaning, it's it's, it's it's struggling, it's suffering, it's, it's, it's longing for being free, being set free. You know, when we spend time together as believers, you know, and we have fellowship with one another and we have friendship and we work together and we go through things in life. And then we, we can look in our own Christian life and see people who are beautiful people in God. You know, our, our let's say, uh, Christian mentors and, 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 and spiritual fathers. And then we, there are people, I have people that I look up to that have been an example in my own life that they have been there, that they have taught me, well, they are also groaning. They are not the final product. They are also struggling. They are, they are trying to find their best way to get through, to get, to get along. We are all struggling. So not only creation is struggling, we are struggling. We are groaning. We are, we, we are in a constant tension. And this is a wonderful thing when when we start pointing the finger to brothers and sisters and and we expect perfection from people but remember when you point a finger to someone you have three fingers pointing at you. And the reality is we are not the final product. We are faulty. We are fighting every single day. And we have to be realistic about that with ourselves. Sometimes we are just too hard to ourselves. I don't know I don't know about you but sometimes I'm I beat myself quite hard. I, I, I want to achieve things in Christ. And when I feel I fail, I don't like, I don't like that experience. I don't like that feeling. And sometimes we are, we, we are just demanding perfection from us in our own strength. Now, remember the Bible says, be perfect as my father is perfect. And, and that perfection is talking about being integrated, being mature, and being complete. He's not talking about our own ability and our own ego and pride to to go through the things of life in our own strength, in our own power. He's talking about depending on the Lord. He's talking about trusting in Him. And the Apostle Paul is giving us this amazing um, picture here. And he's saying, verse 18, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. So creation is waiting for us to receive our promise. Creation is waiting on us. As we wait on the Lord, creation is waiting on us. You get a lot of um, political agendas nowadays, right? We know from the very beginning that we were entrusted with creation. We should take care of this planet. But there's a lot of a lot of agendas about the planet, right? And it's like, you know, we have to sacrifice ourselves and do all these different things for the planet. Well, the Bible says something different. The Bible says that creation is waiting on the children of God to be manifested. So creation can really fulfill its purpose, which is that perfect environment to host us. A place where we will be taken care of. And that's why we go through all these groanings and we see earthquakes. I mean, the earthquake a few days ago, a thousand people or probably more dead. And we have volcanoes. A few years ago, we have a volcano. I was talking with John about that the other day. One single volcano that contaminated in that single explosion more than the human race in history has ever contaminated all the cars all the factories all the pollution in one explosion that volcano contaminated our atmosphere way more than we have done now of course that's not an excuse for us to mistreat creation we have been entrusted with taking care and be good stewards we should be more green than anyone else as believers right because it's God's creation it's our father's work But the Apostle Paul is saying here, remember that creation is struggling. Creation is struggling because of us. And we are struggling, and we are groaning because there is something better to come. And that's why we have this eagerness. That's why we are always, until we found Jesus Christ, we are thirsty and hungry. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you come, And pick up water from this well every single day. You will be thirsty again. But if you drink from my water, you will never be thirsty again. And she says, Lord, give me of that water so I don't have to come every day. But Jesus, of course, is talking about, you know, the water of of his word. Where we we find that our fountains are in Christ. And we don't have to look for anywhere else. Hallelujah. And she listened. And she responded. And she went back to town. And she, a sinful woman that was married and divorced five times, and he was even living with a guy who was not her husband, went to the men of the city and preached the gospel, and she became the first ever evangelist in Samaria. It's all about that willingness to be a vessel for God's word. You see, we're vessels. We are not, you know, we are not, we are not a, a golden vessel. Um, Goblet or cup. We are we are clay. We are are, we're we're fragile. And I don't know about you, but you know we can talk about different qualities of clay. A Pharisee could say I'm top notch clay, not like that Samaritan woman is second class clay. Clay is clay. It's not about the clay, it's about us being willing to host the master, the message. And she did. And a sinful woman, in that particular action, her life was transformed. But we can even go all the way to the Old Testament and see even a prostitute, Rahab, the harlot, how she responded to get the call of God, to the people of God. And she's part today of Jesus' genealogy. God loves everyone, and He has the power to save everyone. Sometimes we think, Oh, you know, that person, that's it, that's just too much, too late for them. It's never too late for the Lord. We are not the final product. And if you think that you are better than someone else, you better read your Bible again. Because God is encouraging us to show his love and his compassion. To all, because we are all in the same boat. We are all struggling. But the Apostle Paul goes farther. He says, not only creation is struggling. We are struggling, especially after reading chapter 7. But the Holy Spirit is groaning. Because the Holy Spirit is in us, within us. And he's also realizing our weaknesses our struggles, and he's constantly interceding for us at the point that even the Apostle Paul says, I mean, we don't even know what to pray sometimes. That's the great Apostle Paul. And he says, we don't even know what to pray sometimes. But that's when the power of the, the, power of the Spirit comes. And that's the, the beauty about, about praying in the Spirit. We have someone here in this room that got baptized in the Holy Spirit this week with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. You see, we can never forget our Pentecostal message. You know, Pentecostals are not better than anyone else. Please understand that. But we have to realize that we have something very powerful that some of us neglect sometimes, and it's praying in the Spirit. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need keep on praying that God will do so. But if you have been, do not neglect that gift praying in the spirit because that's actually when the holy spirit takes over and prays for you about the things that he has to pray that you don't know about and he connects with the father and he he knows exactly so when you're speaking in tongues when you're praying in the spirit when you allow the holy spirit to intercede for you what you're doing is allowing god to speak to god through you hallelujah and he's talking the bible is talking about the importance of Allowing, um, allowing um, the Holy Spirit to do that work in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we are groaning, and the Holy Spirit is groaning. The Holy Spirit groans with us and feels the burdens of our weakness and suffering. But the Spirit does more than groan. He prays for us in His, in his groaning so that we may be led into the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you this morning to think about these three things. If creation is struggling, if we are struggling, and even the Holy Spirit is longing for that manifestation, the Holy Spirit is longing for more. The Apostle Paul is clear here that we have been saved And it's actually through our waiting and our hoping that God has sealed us. It says, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope. We were given this hope. Look at this. When we were saved. You see, an ingredient, a characteristic of you and, uh, uh, and, and me being saved is that we, can, we have the ability to wait. We hope. Our eternal hope. He says, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. This is faith. Remember, faith is believe and trust. It's not just about believing and saying, Yeah, it, it makes sense. I I embrace it. I, I, I believe. I believe in the Bible. You know, I believe what the Lord is saying to me. But it's also way more than that. It's about standing on it. It's about realizing that the word of God is, is the rock, is the rock of ages. It's our foundation. And when we not only embrace it and believe it, but we stand on it. We are standing on a foundation that cannot be moved, that cannot be broken. It's an eternal foundation. It's not just a foundation for tomorrow or for next week. It's an eternal foundation. So creation is groaning. We are groaning. And the Holy Spirit is looking to that day where we will be completely free. And He will be also free from the duty that He is developing now in us. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes for His church, basically the Holy Spirit will give the church to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are all going through that groaning. So I want to encourage you this morning with this concept of waiting. Wait patiently and confidently in the Lord. Sometimes we don't like to wait. You know, we we want to have control of things and and, and to be in charge. But the Lord is encouraging us to wait on Him, to trust in Him. I want to encourage you this morning with, with these words because sometimes the Lord will take us to stages in our own lives, families, ministries, where we will have no other... Door, not other way, but to wait. Probably some of you have experienced that in life before. But sometimes the Lord will take you to a point where there is nothing else that you can do. You have done all your praying. You have done all your believing. You have done all your, you know, being obedient and being available. But there will be times where the Lord will say, just wait. Someone said to me once, You know, God normally gives us three answers. It's either yes, or it's either no. But sometimes He says, wait. That's not yes, not no. That's just, I don't know yet. And hold on your horses there, right? I want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage us to wait on the Lord. You know, that song that we were... Um, listening earlier, he says, "He will renew our strength. Those who wait upon the Lord." <laughs> you know the passage. What does he say, John? They shall mount on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. Mm-hmm. Something very close. Though. Something very close. That's j- um, uh, I was at the JLT, John Living Translation. I think so. <laughs> it's close, but not. <laughs> Those who wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. And when we renew our strength in the Lord, you know, he's talking about those who run, but then he's talking about flying like eagles. I mean, when you have the ability to fly like an eagle, why in the world would you even run? Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's a new dimension, isn't it? It's like a new... A new it's, it's, it's experiencing something that we have never experienced before. To be able to open our wings like eagles and, and, and allow the, wing, the wind of the Holy Spirit to take over. You know, eagles are, are very special animals. Um, I've heard that it's the only animal that can look straight to the sun. I was trying to... Uh, we were with some friends yesterday... And we were sitting in the, in the back garden, and um, I was reading a book. I was finishing a book, actually. And uh, I was sitting in my comfy you know, garden chair type of thing. And I, at some point, you know, they, they have clouds coming all the time. I was around 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock or something like that. Clouds coming in and out all the time. So I was reading outside. And sometimes you know, I could see you know, m- the pages of, of my book was just so bright, I just have to you know, look at, to the side, because the, the, su- the sun was so bright. And sometimes it got so dark, right? I have to bring it closer, right? And at some point I just look up to see, you know, what the clouds were doing and, and the sun was just shining. I just I just couldn't even look at it, look at it. I was just oh, you know, it was so strong. You know? Eight minutes. That light takes eight minutes from the sun to us. One hundred and fifty million kilometers, something like that. Eight minutes. 93 million miles 150 million kilometers in 8 minutes when you just go out and you oh it's, it's it's kind of you know it's kind of hot here today that took 8 minutes 150 million kilometers 93 million miles away in 8 minutes the eagle is the only one that can actually look straight the eagle can fly towards the sun looking at it Amazing. Amazing. The eagle don't live where the chickens are. You know, the chickens eat from the floor. You know, the chickens I always joke. The chicken is, you know, we are always looking to our belly button. You know, we're look you know there's a lot of Christian chickens around. You know, they love to eat what others have thrown at them. But eagles are different. Eagles live in the high places. And they don't eat what anyone gives them. They hunt for it. You see, eagles are special. And the, and the Lord is using eagles as an as a, as a example of, of, of the believer. There are times where eagles um, need to renew their wings. And, um, you know, they go through this transformation process. But something amazing about eagles is when when a snake comes into the chicken pen, all the chicken run away, right? But if an eagle sees a a snake, she says, oh, dinner. And then that eagle comes down, grabs that snake, and she starts flying to the sun. And when she's up there in a high altitude, the eagle will release the snake. You see, the eagle doesn't fight the snake in the snake's ground. The eagle defeats the snake in, in its territory. This is what the Lord is encouraging us to do also. Sometimes we think, you know, we have to fight the enemy in our own strength. You will always lose. But he's encouraging us to take the enemy and take him, fly to the sun, the sun of righteousness, take, and take the situation to the high level and drop it. If you forget everything I've said today, remember that illustration. Wait. I'm gonna wait on you. We were singing earlier. It's not about sometimes to have that amazing, angelic revelation. I think it takes more to wait, to wait patiently. You may be going through situations today where you don't know what to do, and maybe someone is putting some pressure on you because you have to say yes or no or when. But the Lord is saying, wait. Just wait until the Lord gives you the answer, until the Lord gives you the direction. Hallelujah. We don't hear many sermons on this, but this is basic Christian living. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord; He will renew our strength. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your Word. We thank you, Lord, for sometimes, Lord, we feel that like we know your Word, and um, but sometimes we get distracted and we get uh, confused. And it's actually when we go back to it that we see all these lessons and all these treasures in plain sight lord so many times we we struggle so many times we go through difficulties but lord help us to remember that you have promised us that although in this world we will have tribulations you have overcome the world lord we are not exempt from suffering and pain we all go through that it's like when it rains it rains for the just and the unjust for the good and the bad. But Lord, help us to remember that above everything, you're in control. Help us to trust in you. And the Apostle Paul was reminding us today, for those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. For everything works out for good to those who love the Lord. Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to trust you when it matters the most. Help us to trust you, Lord, when we are going through uh, situations that we don't really know how to handle. It's in times like that, Lord, that we have to trust you, that we have to wait on you. Times when we are going through um, illness, times when we are going through struggles, times where we don't understand the seasons, sometimes we just don't understand what what we are going through seasons sometimes are can be devastating and deceiving but lord we pray that you will help us to trust in you that you will help us lord to wait on you sometimes we are eager to pray for god god's hand to be to move on a particular situation and for the lord to do the miracle but the most important thing that you are encouraging us today, Lord, is about seeking your face. It's not about seeking your hand, but seeking your face. It's about, it's about prayer. It's about being with you, Lord. It's about being real with you. Not to play church, not to use religion as an ingredient in our life, but to surrender to you, Lord, and to wait on you. I want to wait on you, Lord. I want to wait on you, Lord. I want you to renew my strength. No in my own abilities or my own motivation, but in you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will renew the strength of this congregation. That you will minister to each and every one of us, Lord. That we will be... Mature and wise enough to realize that we have to wait on you. Lord, so many times I have have experienced that things take a long time when we are waiting. But after we go through the through the test, then things start happening very, very quickly. Very quickly. The waiting is the long process. The answer is very quickly, very swift. So, Lord, we pray that you will give us the endurance, the patience, the confidence to wait on you. Lord, as your church, we want to say today, Lord, we want to wait on you. There are certain things that we need. need. We, there are certain answers we need, we need Lord. We're praying for our new pastors we're praying, Lord, for, for, for the new season that you are taking us. Lord, we want to wait on you. We don't want to rush things. We don't want to do things in, your, in our own strength. And we don't want to help you, Lord. Every time we see in the Bible people trying to help you, it didn't end, well, end up well at all. You don't need help. You are requesting obedience. And, Lord, we understand that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, and that you don't need the help of a glass of clay. You are wiser. You are higher. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts, although you have good thoughts for us. You have plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and future. But you are encouraging us, Lord, to wait on you. In a practical level, Lord, where some of us are waiting on, maybe on a, on a, on a, on a job interview, or, or we are changing house, or we are, um, I don't know, changing jobs, or, you know, going through um, different types of studies. Even in those practical things, Lord, that sometimes we have this tendency to think that we have the wisdom to handle them and we ignore you for these practical things and then we get in problems and debt. Lord, I pray that you will help us to allow you to help us navigate through these circumstances as we wait on you. Help us, Lord, not to be rushed into decisions that it will not be a blessing to us. Lord, we want to wait on you. We know that the creation is, 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 is groaning. We know that we are, and even the Holy Spirit is helping us through the process. Lord, I pray that you will give us the strength and the power to wait on you. Renew our strength. Give us direction. We need you, Lord. Holy Spirit, take your place today, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Lead us. Lead us, Lord. Lead us. Help us not to trust in our own strength and our own abilities because our hearts are deceiving. But help us to trust in you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will give us wisdom, that you will speak to each and every one of us here today. That every single one of my brothers and sisters here, whenever the task comes, they will remember to wait on you they will remember to go back to Romans 8 and read through and allow your word to feed us, to lead us, to illuminate us, we pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you you can see the whole picture from eternity to eternity. And we don't. So help us, Lord, to trust in you. Help us not rely on our own abilities in our own understanding, but help us to rely on you. We wait on you. We wait on you. We wait on you. We wait on you, Lord. Holy Spirit, take over. Holy Spirit, take over our lives and families, ministry, ministry, everything that we do, everything we're involved into. Lord, take take over. Holy Spirit, take over. Help us to wait on you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.